Welcome to Mom Means Business, the podcast where we celebrate the incredible strength and resilience of moms who are turning their dreams into reality. With your hosts, Jamie and Jessica. This is more than just a podcast. It's your mom business meeting. So let's dive in, connect, and together let's show the world that mom means business. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Mom Means Business. We are here with your mom mom meeting business agenda. That's a tongue. That's a full <laughs> mouth. Full. <laughs> um, and this is the rundown for today. We've got some victories and celebrations. We're going to meet you at the water cooler for some mom water cooler talk. We have a new segment. I'm very excited about it. Um, we're going to call it Mom Jams. But it's just a jam, a song, maybe an artist that Jamie and I are jamming to in our cars lately. And hopefully it brings you some motivation to find it on your Spotify, Apple, whatever you use to find your music. Maybe even the radio. I don't know. The radio's really been letting me down lately. But anyway, we have some business chatter and some news in the business world for you. And then we have another new segment called It Takes a Village. Jamie and I were recently talking about how it gets really lonely at the top. And just like in general, I think sometimes being a mom is really lonely. And so we want to share how we're engaging and tapping into our village. And we want to ask you how you're doing the same thing. So, Jamie, are you ready? Ready. Okay. All right. So victories and celebrations. What do we got? You go first. Okay. Um, well, I am really excited and celebrating the victory that we've done some like podcast rebranding. I think we started this podcast and we had this idea. And then as we started recording, we're like, oh, I don't know if this feels right. So we've done some new things. I'm really excited about that. I want to celebrate that um, because it's hard work and to be honest, we don't really know what we're doing with a podcast, but we're out here just doing the best we can, you know? <laughs> yeah, I also want to celebrate that because, like, this has been, like, an exciting journey, and I feel like I'm just kind of riding Jessica's coattails on it um, because we're all super busy and Jessica's doing the most. So I, the, I agree. We kind of had this logo created I was really medium about our branding and I was really hyped when Jessica emailed me and she was like, I didn't like it. I tore down everything and here's the new, the new plan. And it just like, it, it made, it reignited my excitement about doing this podcast and like us going public with this, uh, and putting like something into the universe. So I, that's a, that's a huge celebration. And I just feel like excited to be here this week. Me too. Me too. All right. Um, well, Let's move on to our water cooler talk. I <laughs> So before the show, I was sharing my screen with Jamie because, you know, we're in two different locations. And I was like, this is what I'm going to talk about. So sharing my screen and she saw the article that I wanted to talk about. And she's like, wait, wait, I know the difference. And she told me with confidence what the difference was between. Are you ready? It's what is the difference between club soda, seltzer and sparkling water? So Jamie just responded, I know the difference immediately. And then she's like, but wait, is that the answer? I don't know. Because I recently had this, like, I swear I was having this discussion with someone and I was like, oh no, yeah, club soda has sugar in it. Like it's, um, 
it's got like added added sugars in it but i think well jessica's got the answer pulled up but then we determined that they're the same and what i was thinking of was tonic water tonic oh, water, tonic water. Yeah. and i think i always think club soda is tonic water and that is false that is not true at all one of them is like naturally occurring something so okay i i drink seltzer water all the time and i'm always like well why don't i sometimes the store's out of um spark or seltzer water and so i'm like well why don't i just buy club soda but then I'm like, what is the difference? I don't know the difference. So I'm figuring if I don't know the difference, maybe other people don't know the difference. But I think club soda is what you're saying is, um, it says it's carbon dioxide for carbonation and mineral-like ingredients such as sodium bicarbonate, sodium citrate, and potassium sulfate. Yeah. So that's literally like when you go to the bar and you're like, can I get a soda water with lime? It's literally just plain, what, what would be the plain flavor of sparkling water at the store? Okay. That's club soda. That's club soda. Also, not what you mix like a gin with, right? Because that's tonic water, gin and tonic. Tonic water, which does have added sweetener. Okay, we're going to get there. So seltzer, like club soda, seltzer is also plain water with carbon dioxide added for carbonation, but without the mineral additions. Okay. So seltzer can be sweetened and flavored, often with citrus or other fruits. Cool. Oh, my God. Now, sparkling water, this is not the same. Sparkling mineral water usually comes from a natural spring or well. That's the one you were talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, all three of those things. are. I, I don't care where it came from. It just needs to be bubbly <laughs> and have zero calories. <laughs> There's also sparkling water that isn't mineral-based and doesn't come from a spring. It is simply carbonated water, sometimes flavored. Okay. So sparkling water, seltzer, and club soda are close to equal. Bonus, tonic water. Tonic water is also, the article says, wait for it, carbonated water. The big difference is the addition of, how do I say this? Quinine? What is that word? Quinine, an ingredient found in the bark of the South American Oh my gosh. Cinchona tree? Cinchona tree? Anyway, it was originally used as malaria medicine. That that helped. What? Actually, maybe it did. It was just hydration. British soldiers started mixing the bitter stuff with soda water, sugar, and gin to make it go down easier. It's also fluorescent. So the next time you're enjoying a gin and tonic and you find yourself in a black light uh, and revel in its blue glow. So, oh. you know, I'm kind of, um, my husband is a, is a huge sparkling water drinker. Like he probably drinks like four to five a day. I just like, sometimes I can barely drink one. I'm just kind of like, I feel like Same. I'm moving out of my sparkling water era. Um, I'm like a big kombucha drinker and various, I like like Olipop. I need something a little more delicious. Um, but I will say my new thing that I'm really, well, not new, probably within like the past few months is like, I love the liquid death. Like I drink that liquid death all oh the time because it has electrolytes in it. You can get it with caffeine in it. Like it, it is like, it actually tastes really good to me because it does have some juice in it. I just saw this whole article on the liquid death marketing and how it like, Everything about it is not something that you would want to drink. It's like 
water, but you can't yeah. see it. It's in a can. It has the word death in it. And yet here we are flaunting this and drinking it. Oh, and it's like super expensive. It is expensive. We buy it by the case, which which helps. But it's like, it's funny because it seems like opposite. And when I'm drinking it, I feel like people either think I have an energy drink or I'm drinking alcohol. And I'm like, it's actually water. But it's like, it's just funny. To me, it seems like anti-intuitive because the whole thing is like, kill your thirst. (laughs) Like, it's really, uh, because you would think it would be the opposite. You're drinking water. So it shouldn't have a death association. It should be like liquid life or I don't know. (laughs) Right. Right. It says how liquid death broke all the rules, and it's like yeah. death themed canned water. Um, it just like you know all the things that it shouldn't be. It is so. I love it. That's funny that you say that. Okay, let's move past our sparkling waters. What's our What's our next thing, Jessica? Well, I don't. What are you, do you have anything on your list to bring to our? On my list. What's on my list? I'm not gonna lie. Don't have a list yet. <laughs> Not gonna lie. There's nothing that's been like just on your mind as of late that you just like are cycling through. Um, I feel like my life is in this strange pivot right now where I have been like my sister got married this past weekend. So I have been like on the you know, when you're like building up to something, my sister is my best friend, so it was a really big deal. And I've just been like building up to it, building up to it. So I've actually been really deeply depressed since her <laughs> wedding concluded. Like legitimately, I've just been very sad and kind of melancholy and I was telling Jessica I feel like yesterday or I was telling someone yesterday was like my first day that I felt kind of regrounded with the world yes yeah yeah and it's just been like rainy and dreary she had a hurricane wedding which was really it it was awesome it was epic um but yeah just kind of like you have a lot of different irons in the flame right now and podcast is definitely one of them (laughs) um i feel that too like when something is so big and it like finally happens and then you're like well now what why it's just gone it's just done that's exactly right and i think like i never want like yeah like this is like i i debated sharing this because i don't want it to sound any kind of like weird way but i'm like um i guess this could also be a victory but like on monday night i was on a CNBC segment on live TV and I was in my depression, I guess. And I just, I didn't actually realize I was going to be on live TV. I didn't put on makeup. I didn't, I, I don't. You looked I great wearing, though, by the way. I Well, I had that. My mom said the same thing and I'm like, but I had had my hair professionally done at the wedding and I hadn't washed it. So that <sighs> was it like falling out. So it was like really smooth and yeah, it, it looked really good. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> it looked really good. <laughs> My mom, she texted me, she was like, oh my God, your hair looks so good. I was like, thank God. Because I was like standing up, I had to take this picture behind me off the wall because I like get into the Zoom thing and production is like, "Um, I'm really seeing a glare behind you. Is there any way you can take that picture off the wall? And I was like, oh my gosh, okay. I like stand up, I'm wearing sweatpants. I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, like on... you wear a green shirt and like it yeah, looks really great against that wall yes my shirt everything was fine and then i'm like in the commercial break and my stomach kind of starts and i like get on my email because production is like this is kyle in production welcome and he's like telling me he's like we're gonna i'll come find you when this commercial's over and you're gonna be on and i'm like 
literally pick up my phone. I'm like, what is this? And I like get on my email, like search from the chick who sent it to me. I'm like, CNBC last call. Oh my God. And I do like a Google search. And then I'm like mass texting my family. I'm like, I think I'm about to be on TV, turn on the TV. And like Kyle's in the room next door, putting Rory to bed. And like, they had given me a few questions to prep with. I thought I was going to be on for like an hour, but I was on for like three minutes. And, um, did you say everything you wanted to say? They asked me off the wall questions. I don't know if you watched it, Jessica. They asked me crazy questions. And it was, it was really, I'm really happy with how it came across, but she asked me crazy stuff. She asked me, um, if B still getaways had any interest being the next Airbnb or Verbo booking platform. And like, she was like, well, come back to CNBC if, uh, you know, there's any IPO opportunity. I was like, <laughs> she asked me really interesting questions and. Yeah, it was honestly my heart was pounding. I blacked out. I'm not gonna lie. I really blacked out. But I need to go I, find I this. I put it on Instagram yesterday, but I rewatched it and I was like, oh no, that actually came through really good. I mean, Anyways, I just thought that was actually hilarious. My underpreparedness <laughs> and not fully understanding what was happening. <laughs> we're gonna blame it on the depression and we're gonna just move on with that. <laughs> I want you have a favor, so no, yeah, it was really great. It's really, really good PR for Beastle Getaways, but yeah, that's good stuff. Um, all right, I uh, I borderline thought you were gonna bring some Taylor Swift content to to our well, water cooler channel to Mom Jams, yeah. Oh well, then let's go right in. <laughs> go right. for it. All right, what's your jam? Yeah, so I'm kind of in this phase of life, like you know, when you're younger, and like, so I grew up listening to like the Eagles on repeat in my mom's car and oh. Cheryl Crow. Like those two are really stick out to me. Cheryl and like my, for my dad, it was like Jimmy Buffett. That's what we listened to when we were in my dad's car. And like, you always think like five years ago, even three years ago, I'd be like, man, I'm not going to be like my parents. I'm going to be someone who's always like current with music. And, and I will say I'm like, I'm Honestly, Jessica, the reason I'm current with music is because of Peloton, like 1 million percent. 100 percent. Me like too. The bulk of my music comes from Peloton. Mm. So when I'm in my car, I'm either listening to a podcast, I, it's silent, 80 percent of the time I'm on the phone and then uh, or like on Marco Polo. And then the other any other time I'm listening to Taylor Swift or I'm listening to Beyonce because Jessica and I recently went to Renaissance, the Renaissance tour. And like, so I've really been on one with, with that album, but I was going to say, Jessica, and sorry if I already told you this, I have been taking all of the Allie Love low impact rides. And I don't know if oh. you know this, but Allie's MO for those rides is she plays covers. Like that's what she does. Oh, so, I didn't know. So I've created this playlist from the past like four or five rides of like my favorite covers. And I played them while we were all getting ready for Cassie's wedding. And everyone was like, what is this? This is a vibe. I was like, I know. I am so into this right now. Like these really fun covers. Like I'll, it's so good. But that I would say that is my thing right now. I'm listening to a lot of Allie Love selected covers. Okay. I like that. Also, you should know Cheryl Crow went on a small tour this year so if you want to hit her up tickets <laughs> soak up the sun we'd be getting after it <laughs> so good so many um okay i have been so i'm like you typically i'm either listening in the car to a uh podcast it is silent 
uh, or I'm like catching up on my Marco Polos, or it's silent. Mainly, it's a lot of silence usually if it's just like me in the car. Um, but I like to pep up my kids on the way to school. Um, and so we've been trying to find things on the radio, but like I said, the radio has really been letting me down lately. Um, there's just like a lot of commercials, a lot of talking, a lot of just not music. And if there is music, it's not music I really want to listen to. So we turn on Spotify and on the way to school, it's usually Beyonce energy. Yeah. Good one. You know, I just want to hype them on the way to school. Like I remember going to school and just feeling like, oh, another day, you know, and then if it's just Evelyn, you know, it's Baby Beluga by Rafi. Oh, Rory still gets down. Well, Rory tells my car from the back, (laughs) from the back seat, he's like, I won't say it, but you know, he says H-E-Y-G-O-O-G-L-E. And I have two of those devices sitting in my office, so I'm not going to say those words. Oh, okay, okay. Screams and tells it what to play. And we'll be Mm -hmm. like, but lately a beautiful thing has happened with my child. Um, Obviously, we listen to a lot of Taylor Swift. She's a household name for us like 20 times a day. And in the car the other day, Rory goes, Mom, will you play another Taylor Swift song? I was like, oh, (laughs) gladly, child. Why, yes. <laughs> yeah, it makes me so happy. <laughs> um, all right, well, let's move into our business chatter section. And this is just a section where we talk about some business topics that are hot, that we are working through, that we feel like might be helpful for you to just be a part of the conversation and maybe ask questions. So today we are going to talk about intellectual property yep. and what that even means. Um, so uh, as you all know, I am an HR consultant and we talk a lot about, which I'm sure you've heard like NDAs, right? So um, I don't know, Jamie, I, do you want to, do you want to share about like how we got to this place of talking about intellectual property? I want to get us some definition. So yeah, this is, and this is like definitely an ongoing discussion. So like Jessica does a million things and she just stated this, but one of the things Jessica does is she does the HR for, for my company, Be Still Getaways. And so I came to her with this unique situation that's taking place in our company right now where I sort of, this has been a strange year for us. We've had situations occur with us that I, you would really think would maybe never happen or like once in a lifetime they would take place. Um, And we just have had odd things take place. So I asked Jessica the other day, I was like, what do I do when I feel like our team has created these processes and we have all of these systems that we use um, to make things function on a daily basis, especially our turnover processes, like when we're turning vacation units, motels, hotels, et cetera. And like, how do we protect those rights if we're no longer, you know, maybe if we're no longer managing a unit um, and like, obviously our cleaners are 1099 employees, but how do we protect Be Still Getaways intellectual property and the systems and the operations that we use when a, when a cleaner maybe doesn't work for us anymore or goes with a new company or stays at a property that we aren't managing anymore? 
um, you know, what does that look like? Because that is one of the hardest things about short-term, the short-term rental industry is just the turning process and creating these efficient systems. And so it became very clear to me in the past couple of weeks, I was like, Jessica, what can I do to just like save, to save these systems and like keep them within our company so that other people aren't duplicating what we're already doing? Because it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Okay, so I um I want to give some definitions here because when Jamie came and talked to me about this, she was like, "Can I do like an NDA or can I do this?" and and you know I I spent some time just saying, "Okay, I hear you. This is a concern, and we're going to talk about it." But let's put some some definitions behind what we're actually saying. So. An NDA is a non-disclosure agreement, and they are legally enforceable contracts that create um, a confidential relationship between a person who has sensitive information and a person who will gain access to that information. So the other thing to note about an NDA is that there's a lot of regulations around that. So in this past, in the past year, there have been a lot of changes around how employers, businesses can utilize and implement non-disclosure agreements. I've been to several webinars and um, sessions about learning about the changes for an NDA. So when we talk about intellectual property, right? That's what Jamie's saying. She's saying, look, I created this thing and I have to share this thing with you, not a, not a product, right? I'm not sharing like an actual physical product. I'm sharing the idea, the system behind what we do in my company that I created, right? That is intellectual property, which can also be protected, okay? So that is confidential information that you can... Uh, engage with a lawyer to create a document that protects your intellectual property. And you can have contractors and employees, so these are two separate um, ways to have people work for your company, right? So oftentimes people will say like 1099 employee, that's wrong, don't say that. It's a contractor or an employee. <laughs> I think I do that sometimes. <laughs> You see the irony in that, right? Yeah, it's, it's like so funny. <laughs> maybe I don't do it anymore. I don't know. Jessica's taught me so much. This is so funny. So you can, in fact, protect your intellectual property and have your employees and contractors sign this document. So what does this do? It actually can be a legal document that will protect you. So for instance, in Jamie's example, she would have her contractors, her cleaners, her turnover staff sign this agreement. And if they were to go work for another property owner and share Jamie's processes and systems from her company, that's a violation of the confidentiality um, intellectual property agreement. Um, I know that, so, so when Jane and I talked about it, she was like, but wait, <laughs> can I retroactively have them all sign it? Absolutely. Yes, you can. You know, I, as you grow and as you figure things out within your company and you're like, wait, I think I need this. And so we're going to do it. You can certainly have people sign documents that are protective of your company within reason, right? Like we, we're not going to go and have them sign all sorts of craziness, but um, 
this is a big deal. We don't want people out there stealing your intellectual property of what you created. Mm-hmm. So um, there is also, uh, I attended this session and they talked about trade secrets, mm-hmm. which is also intellectual property. And um, I want to make sure I get this right. So I am looking it up right now. So a trade secret is any practice or process of a company that is generally not known outside of the company. Mm -hmm. I got a thousand of those. (laughs) Information considered a trade secret gives the company a competitive advantage over competitors. It's often a product of internal research and development. Um, So... It's not public information. It provides economic benefit to their holder. Secrecy is actively protected. So one of the, in this session, one of the trade secrets that they utilize is like the recipe for KFC. Right. Trade secret. Right. Or the recipe for Coca-Cola. Apparently there's like maybe two people that actually know the true recipe of (laughs) Coca-Cola. That's cool. So anyway, I say all that to say, you if this is a concern of yours, you should, you could get a lawyer to review documents for you, to create a document that protects your intellectual property so people aren't out there just, you know, with the loudspeaker yelling out what you're doing in your business. Also, there is quite a bit of information out there that you can use. But again, I would, you know, make sure that a lawyer reviews it because it is a legal document that would hold up in court of law. And you want to make sure that you're capturing all of the information necessary. Solid. Um, anything else you want to add there, Jamie? Yeah, I just think this isn't something I think like so often in our businesses, like we don't really at least for me, I feel like so much of this journey has been flying by the seat of my pants and then something happens and then like everything is a growth opportunity of being like, oh, wow, that really sucked. But like I learned from it and now we created this system and now this is how we do it. You know, you just like get wiser every single time something like, you know, groundbreaking happens. And this is definitely one of them. So Jessica and I are actively working on this right now. And uh, I think it's a, a really important thing to think about, especially if you do have a product that is really, really unique from what anyone else is doing. Um, you know, protecting that is critical. I mean, I would make the the case to say that if you have a business with a product that you are selling or that you are putting out there into the world, it is unique. Yeah. And you should protect it. 100%. And, you know, oftentimes, like, we just don't think that people are going to do these things to us or to our company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But people do. And we just want to be able to protect ourselves. Not that we want to put bad vibes out there. We just really want to make sure that what we have is ours and mm-hmm. it stays ours. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so we want to believe that people, all people are good, right? But also there just need to be some protection so that we can continue to believe that. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You know, that has me thinking on like another side note that we should talk about another day. But like 
this host in my network that I talk to a lot who runs a similar company as I do, I remember seeing like she went through a rebrand a couple years ago and I saw her going through the trademark process for her brand. And I was like, wow, that's so interesting. Why is she doing that? And I remember actively having that thought. But you know what is so funny is that like after our the Beast Still Getaways CNBC story came out last mm-hmm. night, a couple days ago, I was doing a search on Beast Still Getaways. And like within a week of that story coming out, someone filed it for an LLC called Beast Still Getaways in Iowa, which I think is really fascinating. And it kind of made me also feel like I kind of want to trademark like be still getaways, you know. You should a hundred percent. Yeah, and like I said, everything is a you learn from every single thing. <laughs> you definitely learn. Yeah, so I think I'm gonna. It's expensive, I've heard, but I'm gonna start that journey here soon. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I, know. I think it is expensive, but worth it, right? But yeah, I don't think it's like crazy. I think it's like five hundred bucks or something, but you know. Definitely 1,000% worth it. Worth it. 100%. Yeah. Um, Okay. We want to start to bring you some news in the business world just to keep you updated and things that we come across and uh, feel connected to. We want to share that with you. So this is an article from Fisher Phillips. If you don't subscribe to Fisher Phillips, you probably should. They have a lot of good insight for companies, small businesses, um, and things just like that are coming out and like legally and things that you should know. So anyway, this is a little outdated because it was published in March of 2023, but the, the article is five ways your workplace is different now than three years ago. And obviously they're alluding to the fact that COVID was three years ago. And so like, how is your workplace different now? And some of this stuff I am like, really like, this is what we're going to focus on. So I'm going to read you what it, well, Jamie, guess, what do you think are the things that are on here? Okay. Remote work. Like, yes. Like working remote either, you know, a couple days a week or every day. Like I know yep. a lot of offices have gone back. Like I have a friend at Capital One and she's been remote until a couple months ago. Now she has to go in like a couple times a week. Yep. Um, I think like in general, the way that video calls are normalized, like we do Zoom calls for like everything and like Zoom culture in general. Yeah. Okay. Is that on That's there? not on here, but I agree with you that that is, you know, okay. different. Um, is work-life balance one? Um, it says, yeah, emphasis on employee well-being. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I mean, that's only two. There's three more. I know. Yeah. We, one is worker empowerment. Yeah. 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 I think that that's, I think that's kind of what I was thinking. I, I feel like people do more hard stops now and like protect boundaries more. Yeah. Okay. And then emphasis on employee well-being was one. That's three. Okay. This one is where I think it's like kind of outdated, but mandatory vaccines. Although that was a thing for a little while and it might still be for some companies. Um, And then the other one was, oh, emphasis on workplace safety, which is actually true because for the companies that I work with that have to go into the office, we have a lot of policies around workplace safety and what and, and processes of what we're going to do if something similar to a pandemic were to happen again. So, right. for instance, like um, this was actually put into place 
in the Northeast, you remember when all that smoke was coming through, like in New York and everything, it actually had to be enacted. Like we had to utilize that, that process when that happened, because it was not safe for employees to be in the building. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's true. I think it's interesting too, even thinking about how different our lives were and how we would go into buildings in mask um, or like N95, whatever, and we would stand like six feet apart. And I think I didn't even remember this, but like this time last year, like we were, a lot of us were like still masking. I put on a jacket the other day and I picked up Rory and I was like, oh no, I wore it to my sister's wedding. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's a mask in my pocket. Why is there a mask in my pocket? I was like, oh, I think I was wearing this mask last year. I think last year when I went to go see you on the plane, I had to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, so like, I think that those guidelines, I think that's actually a really good one because there are still so many guidelines like that. And even like while we've been sitting here, Orkin sent me a message and they're like approaching the vacation rental that we have and they're like, remember, Orkin values safety. Please let us know if you've been sick or, you know, blah, blah, blah. Wow, Orkin, okay. American Pest does it too. Like it's a very standard message that they're, a lot of companies are still using. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And then at the end of the article, I thought this was really interesting, but it said like, it's hard to forecast. So it's like, what were the future? What will the future hold? And it's hard to forecast in such turbulent times is what it says. Um, And then they offered three predictions, but that there's still pandemic aftershocks Mm -hmm. and that we as, you know, business owners need to, just be prepared because we can't even predict what they will be which is so interesting to think about like i'm like you i've kind of shut out a lot of the pandemic in my mind because it was such it was such crazy times um but also i didn't foresee the pandemic happening until like (laughs) to then foresee an aftershock yeah it's we just don't know. We've never been through this before. Yeah. So, yeah. like, how can I predict what will happen? 100. And, and I think, like, this look, I mean, this impacts, at, like, all industries, the majority of industries. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, it's funny because that's actually a question I was asked on Monday. It's like, what do, what does the vacation industry look like now? And, like, what are you forecasting for the future? Because it's like things are so different that from how they were during the pandemic. Like, they're worse. Like, the vacation industry was fantastic during the pandemic. Oh, yeah, like, because everyone know, wanted like, to get away. Everyone. Like, we were, like, 100% occupancy. It was unreal. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think there's so many things. I think about, like, when we built our house, Jessica, and we're, like, one of the only houses in our neighborhood that had to pay um, – what's it called escalation because of like building material costs and all the supply issues like and they even made you sign this thing they're like and I remember her telling me she was like no one's ever actually had to had to pay escalation and then like the pandemic just effed everything up and it was like oh here are some ways we can reduce your escalation like are you freaking kidding me Yeah, that is it's aftershock. That's the aftershock. Aftershock, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to end on on a pandemic vibe. So, um, something else, Jamie, that I've been recently talking about is how it's lonely at the top, right? So, you're a business owner. You are um, a mom. Like sometimes being a mom is just really lonely. And so, anyway, 
we want to talk with you and hold you accountable, but also hold ourselves accountable as to how we've engaged our village. So we're not so alone. And I say how we have engaged our village because it takes like active thoughts. It takes action to do that. We can't just assume that people are going to see us failing or see us, you know, whatever, and and say, oh, you need something from me? What do you need? Um, Because that's not how it works. So we need to actively engage our village. So how have you actively engaged your village, Jamie? Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, Community community is so important, like, for my mental health. So it's like, and this is funny, Justin, I've talked about this before. My, like, non-negotiation is, like, every week I have to go to drinks with my friends. Like, oh, yes. I have to do that once a week. Jessica, I'll never forget <laughs> the time Jessica was like, but when it's time to go, don't you just want to bail? <laughs> I was like, absolutely not. I'm literally running out the door. <laughs> you just want to be like, actually, I'm going to get my pajamas and sit in bed. No, 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 no. And so, like, and I have different groups of people that I hang out with, which is hard because it's like, I wish I could hang out with them all every week. But a lot of those subgroups of people do involve my business. So it's fun. We'll be like, okay, let's like dish about work for a little while, um, you know, and then let's talk about this. But like most notably, my carriage house business partner is definitely the person I lean on when it's <laughs> like we can get together and just talk about business. And like we end up mostly talking about business. We'll just have like bottle wine, talk about business, and then a little bit talk about personal. But I feel and my cup is so full when I leave with her. I'm like, oh, somebody saw me in this. Someone validated me, like validated me in this. She's such a boss. She's like an insane high-end boutique realtor in Charlottesville. She's and, and it's just, it's nice to, to have those connections with people that are in your world and in your industry and can see you through like the battles that you are <laughs> going through every single day. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, so, so important. Um, I will say that um, I, I have a lot of like text chat, text chats with different groups of friends and I try my best to engage in those group chats as much as possible um, because it's, like you said, it fills my cup and I laugh and it's just sort of good for my soul. Um, But that takes energy. (laughs) The way that I told Jamie, like, don't you just want to get in your pajamas and go to your bed? That's how I feel when I'm texting. I'm like, oh, I just want to pick up my book and like read or you know sit in silence but it and it takes energy but it's really good for my soul to just like laugh with my friends I did that today in Carline and my daughter was like um mom you're on your phone get off your phone why are you on your phone (laughs) I'm socializing okay (laughs) this is how I have to socialize now yeah I think that's a beautiful example Jessica because it's like different era for all stages of life you know like, yeah, maybe it looks like a texting group, like whatever it is. Marco yeah. Polo. Marco Polo. You and I are going one. strong on the Marco Polo. I know. We're years deep. We're since the pandemic deep. Three years. Marco Polo. Yes. Yeah. You guys don't have Marco Polo. Get it. Like, I would not, because I'm not a texter. Like, 50% of the time, actually, maybe like 70% of the time you text me, I'm probably not going to text you back. No. So much of my work revolves around my phone, and, like, something about it just puts me over the top, like a text message. 
So, but Marco Polo, because I love face-to-face -face communication. And when Jessica and I can just like video chat back and forth and it's like not, you, you can do it on your own time or it's like, I'll see Jessica's there. It's the best. It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's a wrap on that show. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. That's a wrap on today's episode of Mom Means Business. We hope you enjoyed this empowering conversation and found inspiration to fuel your journey as a mom and entrepreneur. We'd love to hear your thoughts, stories, and suggestions at the Mom Means Business podcast at gmail.com. Connect with us on social media, share your experiences, and let's continue this incredible journey together. Thank you for joining us today and being a part of our Mom Means Business community. Until next time, keep chasing your dreams, balancing your life, and remember, you are unstoppable.